Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unstrictly Business. I am so happy to be sharing this interview with you guys because our guest this week is somebody that I've really loved for a long time. Her name is Ari Perez, and she's the co-founder of her namesake makeup and skincare brand, Ari Perez. I've actually been using her products for a while now, and I love them. She is all about being eco-friendly, and most of her products are vegan, but I just love her products because they work amazingly, and I just came across them. I'm not even sure how, but I have fallen in love with all of them ever since, and so I really had always wanted to interview Ere. As soon as I started this podcast, I actually wrote her down on the list of people that I wanted to interview. And so I'm so happy that my dream came to fruition. And thank you, Ere, for being willing to do this episode with me. But in this episode, you'll learn about Ere's upbringing in Mexico with a traditional medicine man grandfather and a mother who had a flair for home remedies and beauty recipes. We'll also follow Ere's immigration to Australia with her husband and the launch of Ari Perez in 2002, and how she got to where she is today. Since launching, Ari's brand has sold around the world and in stores like Free People and Credo. But perhaps Ari's greatest business achievements are creating a sustainable business, building a tight-knit team, and crafting an incredible beauty line based on science and the power of plants and botanicals. This is definitely not an episode to miss. I love Ari's energy and... A big, she had a big smile on her face this whole recording, so it was so much fun. And definitely check out Era's website and their Instagram because they're always providing a lot of value on there. And I just love her brand, and I want all of you guys to try it out too. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Unstrictly Business, a podcast where we interview business owners about everything that helps them succeed from business advice to self-care and everything in between. I'm your host, Callie, and each week we'll share a new episode with behind-the-scenes content that reveals what it's really like to run a successful business. Okay, hello. I am so excited to have Eda here. I have been using her makeup products for the past I think year, year and a half, and I fell in love with them. So when I started this podcast, I wrote down a list of people that I wanted to interview, and Ere was one of them. And we are finally getting together today to talk a little bit about her business and her journey through health and wellness. And I'm excited to have you. Hello, Kali. I'm so happy to that you reach us and, and reach me. I'm very excited. I think it's, um, there's a lot of stories to share. I think is what you're doing is amazing. I find inspiring. It's so beautiful. I was reading something about yourself as well. I think you should be interviewed too. <laughs> I think you had an incredible story. And I feel very connected to it as an entrepreneur, which is obviously the people that follow some strictly business. I feel um. It's true, you know, the entrepreneurial uh, life is that uh, you can really say right or, re- right or left, whatever you want to go, but there's always this bit of risk involved that it gives, makes that excitement and, uh, and it's amazing how probably 2020 just make this process even stronger now and many people, you know, they probably have to uh, get into that basket of entrepreneurial is uh, being self-employed is something really beautiful, but at the same time, very challenging. And I feel um, uh, looking at the story with your family and your parents having the three kids and running around. I think they have my age, you know, when they were having all these things and your little brother's story is very touching. I feel a lot like my own little girl had the same, a bit of a difficult birth. Mm-hmm. I have beautiful three um, pregnancies and, and three nice births, but they all, were all challenging and but for me you know when I have my kids which is uh, 12 years ago uh, one is 11 the other one is uh, 10 9 and the other one is 6 the three kids and I started this business 18 years ago so I did not start this business as a mom so it's good for people to know because I think sometimes moms today they the time being entrepreneurial and they just ask too much of themselves and I was like okay no, I wasn't a mom when I started this but I definitely was a mom when you know, I, I really grew it, but I think when you become a mom, it really connects to your very, very special uh, creativity that is very unique, I think, in a mom's environment. 
about something very important, I guess, to share with entrepreneurs for the people who's not a mom, as most of women are very motherly by nature. But I think uh, it's important to learn that practicality, I think is so important. It's one of the best skills an entrepreneurial can have. So I think uh, I want to start this interview with that. I think we have to be practical, you know. You could be very smart and you could be very creative or something, but at the end, a, a woman's life or a guy's life as well, it gets involved depending how you end up with, you know, a guy with kids or not, or you just have to be challenged with your own family as a boy or a girl. Uh, is, uh, I think it's important to, to st stop trying to be, you know, too perfectionist That's everything because a lot of entrepreneurial people, you actually have that, you know, specific skill of, I want to make the best in this and the best in that. And maybe you can be like a little bee in so many flowers, getting honey from everywhere. And focusing on the one thing can ask a lot of yourself. But then if you don't become a person who maybe focus at work or be practical in life, it gets very challenging for an entrepreneurial. So that's pretty much what I want to say. So your life, sometimes, you know, an entrepreneurial uh, businesswoman, or maybe you have a, a restaurant, and maybe at home, you just have to make simple food because there's no time for more. So I think uh, practicality becomes, obviously, our own brand is built in practical beauty. Uh, practical beauty is the base of every press. It's for a woman on the go, for a woman who's busy, for a woman who likes to invest more time on a breakfast than, you know, doing amazing uh, steps on the hair or putting primer and five, 10 products on the face. I think uh, that's the woman that... It follows a practical life that is pursuing dream, maybe an entrepreneurial or just be a great team leader in a, in a great team employment uh, environment. And I think, uh, you know, every big corporation requires beautiful people, individuals that are really connected because I think they, whatever you do as an individual, it becomes, you know, a really strong community power that it could help to change so much in any way, if you're entrepreneurial or not. So I think it's important to, Give yourself the time, the, the time which is the most important resource. So I appreciate that you're giving me this time to me, asking me these questions. And I think something that people don't appreciate enough now during COVID, I guess, most of us, you know, when you start being in isolation and thinking, I have this time, what would I do with it? And then before you didn't have it, time that you maybe didn't commute to things like that. So I think the two important things is practicality and time. So use your time so wisely. And like that, I could show you and start telling you about my story. Yes, oh, I think that was the perfect way to start out because that's really why I love doing these interviews is because I, for me and so many other entrepreneurs who are just starting out and they maybe don't have guidance of what is the right thing, advice to listen to. And so I love you starting out with a piece of advice and talking about the power of practicality because I definitely can be a perfectionist. Like I always do so much research before I buy products because I want to find the best product. <laughs> and I think the same can happen in business. So I think that's the perfect way. But yeah, I'm so excited to talk a little bit more about your story. Um, I think I'd love to start with a little bit about your family. I just feel like your mom. So she was really business savvy. She started her own food company in the 90s and was selling tamales to people. And your dad loved, like, was also, he was an economist. Well, I guess, yeah, I was looking actually at the, at the questionnaire, a Q&A that you made for me before. And it's actually, I thought, I, I can't believe it. I say so much in a couple of paragraphs, but it's true. You know, that yeah. my story, I can say, yeah, I come from, a, I have a very special family, I guess, like everybody, you know, family is everything. Uh, we grew up in a very close environment that we all help each other, you know, very Mexican, I guess, is, uh, is we all on top of each other. I miss them here <laughs> in Australia, because yeah. sometimes, you know, some people say, oh, I got my mom on top of me all the time, or my grandma, my auntie, you know, the nosy auntie, or, but I think <laughs> I had that and I loved it and I think I missed it every day and I wish I have it here. And sometimes I wish I have a nosy neighbor here. No, Australians are very respectful. They're a beautiful community. They're actually, it's good to just talk about this. Yeah, Australia has this incredible community involvement. Australians are really, really beautiful at helping the community. I don't know that's a very Mexican value, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, you hear a lot about these stories in Japan, about the community getting together to move on from the tsunami. And I think... Uh, like that, I think Mexicans are more connected within their families. I'm not sure. I think there's a lot to work with the Mexican and Latin community in regards to 
to actual, you know, helping their community. And Australians, I think the other way. So I think I could find a good connection because in Australia, probably the family, Australia is obviously a very expensive country, as you know, it's expensive to be here. Is probably people say, yeah, people earn good money, yes, but you will spend a lot as well. It's expensive to live, everything is quite costly. So for the same reason, people's time is expensive. So it's not like people like in Mexico, you never just come and be with you all afternoon looking after your baby, you know, and helping you and bringing you some new, you know, couple of beans already cooked for you when you're sick. And so Australians are so involved with the time and the way they feel and help community is very, very strong. Uh, so I, myself, I live in the Eastern suburbs. Um, office, as you know, is in Bondi, a very famous beach. It's beautiful, very touristy, very blue, very gorgeous, where a lot of this brand comes from. Uh, every family is very connected with wellness and all the hot moms. You know, they just had a baby and they look skinny and they're pushing the prams around Bondi. So it's amazing, a very inspired place for me as a Mexican woman who will love food, obviously, in Mexico. A lot of the beautiful, rich food that we have there. So when I arrived here, I, I was thinking, how amazing this place that people in school, for example, my girls are in a school, at a public school in Bondi, and they have a community garden, a community kitchen, that people get kitchen garden. They do everything you could imagine in a sustainable way. It's amazing, and the parents have to help all the time and same in Clovelly where I live which is very close a couple of minutes from Bondi in here people comes and helps you clean the beach there's the nippers program on Sundays which is about helping you know uh, to become rescuers you know to be life lifeguards and all the kids go there and the parents are incredibly involved so when I have to see somebody in Mexico saying I'm gonna go my whole Sunday morning and just go from seven in the morning to 12 o'clock and give all my time to teach kids how to rescue someone in the beach you know because I, the water here is quite dangerous, the current. So you need to, every community is amazingly the way it's set up. So every beach has a, a group of people who helps that know how to handle the waters in that area. So they teach the new generations in the area how to handle it so they can help. And anytime, you know, you've got in Bondi this uh, Bondi rescue show on TV, you know, because it's, they, a lot of tourists arrive and they just get into the water like it's just whatever beach in Mexico, which is pretty flat and long in here, the little like curves, you know, that create pockets at the beach. So every suburb has a beautiful beach that has a really strong currents in the middle. So you need to learn how to deal with them. And you just look at it, it looks so beautiful and blue. And you see all the very confident Aussie surfers in there. So I think, uh, you know, taking that note and connecting where I'm from and where I arrived is exactly what happened. So in Mexico, I had this, you know, crazy grandma and grandpa who were very, uh, you know, sustainable. They were, you know, they live an organic life and um, on a farm and they have super sustainable life and work on that as a natural healers themselves. And my dad's parents were scientists and I love to explore nature with my grandpa and play with his lab equipment because they used to have a lab as well. So I have a lot of, um, as I grow up, you know, a lot of curiosity, obviously. I'm very, very curious a very um, little girl connected to family very strongly. And then my mom, you know, she was an anthropologist. She still is. And the best salesperson I met, she was incredible. Uh, fully loaded with uh, kitchen uh, recipes for beauty, like same as her mom, my grandma, as an atrahila. So they will, you know, put beetroot on my cheeks and thick milk on my rashes and onion on my cuts and garlic as a tea for the sore throat and clove as a toothache. So that was the way I grew up with my mom. My dad, he was an economist, you know, he just turned 80 last week. And uh, I, I, it's hard for me to go see him because I'm very connected to him. He's got a strong character. He's a strong person, uh, but he always, he never looked at me as don't drink, don't smoke, don't do this. When I was young, he was always about pushing me to, he didn't care. He always trusts me. You know, I think to their parents, you just need to trust when a teenager grows up, just to whatever, if you give them a good, uh, you know, uh, I say, if you have an avocado tree at home, you're going to have avocados, not lemons, no? So if, if you have, if mom and dad were good human beings that work hard, like your parents, regardless what happened, you know, with a relationship, is they're obviously going to have hardworking kids because that's what they watch. You know, so yeah. I think it's very important for parents who are listening to this. Uh, if you see the kids watching you struggling as entrepreneurial, or it doesn't really matter what they watch, as long as they watch people who's trying again and again, regardless of the failures. I think uh, they're, they're watching your parents trying, they're watching your parents creating, they're watching your parents minding or giving you whatever you have. As you said, you always have food on the tables, you always have 
some clothes to wear if you grow up so fast as three kids you probably pass on the clothes you know to the next kid like happened here with my daughter my middle child is like what i get on my sister clothes like it's so random sometimes because it's helping the environment it's not always about the money it's always about you know um you can't have a top because it's two dollars and buy it in 10 10 colors you know it's like it happens these days with you know the way asia uh, the way you know people just create things so cheaply it's obviously because they don't have a great life creating these uh, garments and things and products for nothing so when you look at it in the store and you think oh i'm just gonna buy this bed you know a whole beautiful bed for 80 dollars like how many people is getting paid so yeah. it really feels that uh, somewhere else there, there's other parents probably not watching the kids or not being with their kids to creating these little things that are so cheap. And eventually they create a toxic environment who maybe starts up a virus like happening with us right now. So I think uh, this is a really crazy circle that we need to really look at it and look at these stories uh, like my own story about, okay, I just saw my grandparents working very ahead of the time in the, in the case of my dad's parents. My grandma, you know, was in the lab very early. She had a friend who helped her with the kids very early in the morning, which is, you know, having a babysitter that was very European. This is, I'm talking about the 50s for her, as my dad now is 80, obviously. Uh, so he was probably 10, the oldest, and they have seven kids on each side. And I said, wow, she was getting ready, putting lipstick on and going to work, you know, my grandma and running a family. Then my other grandma, she wasn't working, but she was a healer helping at home with my grandpa, always uh, even when I was 10, 15, 20, she still, you know, she didn't have much rubbish because they have, they didn't buy much packaging. They created the stuff right at home. They have chickens. The eggs were purple because the chickens eat berries. I remember from the trees mm. were beautiful. The shells were purple and it was, you know, there was not really much cruel happening in there. You want to, she said, you want, what do you want to have? Chicken soup? And I was, you know, from the city. Yes. So she, whatever chicken just passed by, she just grabs it from the neck and spin it. And there was chicken dinner. I was like, oh, I don't want chicken anymore. I just wanted to be vegetarian. But that was actually cruelty free because it was right there. You know, the chicken was so happy running around, having a life. That's it. Then you become soup. But she didn't know, you know, the little chicken that was running around. He didn't know. So it was really the way um, I grew up. So I, I learned cruelty free from a young age. I learned... To, to, to do minimal, the less is more, you know, with my mom. And I learned with my dad about a lot of programs. You know, he used to work in politics and, and as an economist, and he started a program in the 70s, 79, 81, how to feed more people in a sustainable way. And these practices, he, he built up a whole beautiful brand that was shut down by the government. And it was quite sad because it was something that now is on trend and people is trying to do it. And it's hard for governments to take over those projects because the way the world works is already different than that. So I learned, you know, a, a, a lot of things with my mom as well, uh, how to make, as you said, in a business, she, you know, we just needed to make money. Um, my, my dad had a car accident around 50 after had the, the, the one job because he was an entrepreneur. I was my mom. He had a, a stable job, you know, with different things. He worked for government and for banks and different things. And we kind of had a nice life. And out of the sudden, that life was taken away. Uh, so we had a pool with no water because uh, <laughs> there was no money for the water. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted, and I said, you want water in the pool, so you need to pay for it. So um, I started uh, giving classes. So I was probably 18, studying uni probably then, 17. Don't remember very well, but um, I was, uh, I put it in here, I was 92. Uh, I was in uni. My mom also started, I was born in 74, so I'm 47 now. Uh, I, my mom started a fresh food business. So I, I remember now, I turned 15. In my 15, you know, the 15 quinceañera, very common in Mexico, the big party. Well, I did not have a big party. It was expensive because that was when my dad uh, had a bit of issues. And uh, she just decided she was always a, a, a very happy. You know, she always worked with her family. But when she, she got married with my dad very young, she was just focusing in us, you know, and maybe doing a couple of entrepreneurial things, but not because she needed the money. You know, it was she had a good life. But then out of the sudden, she needed to go and find money. And this was, she was around 40s, like I am now. And she went out and start, um, so she called a woman to help her, you know, to start a business and then start cooking together at home at tamales. And we, she started just calling clients to, to sell 100, 200, 300, 500 tamales for parties in the phone book. So we have a phone book in those days. 
just a phone book, uh, nothing else, no Google. That's what I think today we have so much, you know? Yeah. The way, the way uh, we got internet is incredible. I don't think we, I think we take it for granted that, you know, sometimes we need to walk away from the computer and just be in the nothing box to really create something because I think uh, what we need to teach, you know, in our days we didn't have information. So we need to look for the information and that took time. So the time that we have, we need to use it in actually come, come up with something. And when you had something, you need to really just focus on that thing because you didn't know if it was right or wrong, if someone had the competition, if it was a good price, if not, because there was no way to research about it. If you didn't just use your time and your, you know, go out there really to the field. Today, you have the information, but you need to find out there the opportunity, right? Yeah. So I think today that probably life has changed and we need to encourage young people or older people or moms in their 50s or dads who have no job at the moment, over 50, who's hard to find a new job with all the new young talents out there. So we probably need to um, create a, a connection there to uh, mix this. So that's what in my company I have, we are nearly 50 uh, between Mexico is 23 and Australia 24. Um, it's a very good mix of people from all ages, you know, a couple, two, a year ago we had even someone at 60 who we just left now for a different, um, a different program. It was very interesting. And uh, I find it um, really, uh, you know, people from 51 just hired one of my best friends. Uh, they're incredible. It's beautiful to have someone at 50, someone at 45. Then you got the incredible millennials from 30 to 40. I, I love them now. They're becoming parents. Obviously, you know, the millennial talk, I think, is, is getting people don't understand. Like, the millennial talk is actually a new generation. Millennials are not the same as before. They're not consuming as crazy now. They, they have babies. They're purchasing classes for the kids to be incredible. They're incredible dads. I think the millennial parents, the dads are very connected to the kids. I've never seen a generation as the father is so involved, you know, changing nappies. That didn't happen in the generation before me was a bit more involved. Uh, my husband at 50, he's turning 50 now, was so involved in the business with me. He, uh, he was a great dad, but he wasn't as involved as today. You know, we still, I still the man could take kids to classes and doing this. Well, today, a millennial dad, you know, today at 35 or 37, they're incredibly connected to their kids. Very different than probably your dad, you know, that was probably like my husband in China. Your dad is probably 50 something now. How old are you, Kali? I'm 25 and my dad's 60. Yeah, so so he's probably was a different dad. He wasn't, he was with you as an entrepreneur. He had dinner or lunch with you sometimes, but he wasn't as involved until probably he had no job. You know, then I'm going to help the mom if the mom was doing the work. And uh, that's, that's probably what happened in your family, right? Yeah. yeah, my dad, he he would be home with us. like Because when I was really, really young, my dad owned a bar. And he had didn't come home until like four in the morning. And so I would wake up as a little <laughs> like, two-year-old being like, let's play. And he's like, I'm exhausted. I've been up all night dealing with people in my bar. But yeah, so definitely. I mean, I think it's really changed. And I think it's for the good. I think uh, it's, uh, it's very interesting, you know, you can talk for hours about this. And it's, it's, I see, you know, looking at my grandparents, such a different generation, they just passed away actually in the last five years. I lost them four, already over 98, 99, 97. So amazing because they had a great life. I'm not sad. Yeah. They left, I have them for ages. It's a gift, you know, yeah. as they say, you know, uh, yesterday history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. I love that. It's a beautiful quote. I always have that in my head that it's a gift. And when you have someone, even at 80 today, like my dad turning 80, like that's such a gift. You know, a lot of people, due to stress, they even live about 60, you know, it's crazy. Uh, but even now we can expand life in many ways using different things that are not always natural. But uh, it's amazing how people can stay long for so long and, and be productive and be someone who just can give you a, advice and and, you know, my, my grandparents, they just have, even the way they die, just amazing. They just decide to go and lay down in bed. And the next day they were not there, you know, without going to hospitals. That's amazing. So I want that for myself. I want my kids to, I want to be with them as I started motherhood later than my mom and my mom later than her grandma. So her mother, sorry, my grandma. So for me today, you know, the parents who are so involved, the millennial, um, is one of the groups that I find in my company. They're so amazing because they have the two sides. They have the communication that my generation have. You know, we talkers, I'm 47. We like, we, lo we love sales. We're good at sales. 
And then on the other hand, you have the set generation who are incredibly savvy online. They're amazing. You know, I just can't, can't do what they do. It's just not in my genes. It's not in my time. It's not in my generation. It would take me ages. I think uh, the right entrepreneurial business, it should have a mix of everything. I think uh, I find that that could be one of the things that it comes. I'm probably just mixing the questions now that you want to ask me. It is really um, interesting that uh, how you do that connection, someone older. In my company, for example, my general manager, Iram, he's in his 30s, my husband is 50, and they just have a great friendship and, and they, they get together and they, they do great things for the company. You know, they, they uh, you know, the heads of the business, they're millennials. And then I have a Gen Z girl who does all the R&D with me since she's 15. She's incredible. And, uh, and then she brings this youth into ourselves, you know, this, this, this punchiness of life. And I want to eat the world, but in a way that is fun, that is, she's not stressful about it the way our generation was. Our fun, you know, my generation was about alcohol, you know, uh, not myself. I was never really good at these things. I, I always, I'm very good. I'm such a party on my own. I don't need anything extra, <laughs> to be honest. I am very energetic. I actually, substance, I've never been my friends because I don't need them. I'm actually so passionate that I've always been, that's probably the good advice to give. When people, entrepreneurs are very passionate, so I advise not to touch drugs, alcohol, and so on, because when you love something so much, you probably get hooked into it and you're going to love them. <laughs> it's very hard to walk away from them. So since very young, I decided that marijuana or, you know, alcohol or cocaine or anything like that was obviously passing my life somewhere. I, I say, no, I'm not touching that because I love everything so much. When I love something, I, I can't give up on chocolate. That's what it's fine. hard for me to be vegan. You know, I love butter. I think it's my favorite thing in the world. And so this kind of thing is like, okay. So I'm very, very passionate to what I do. Very Mexican of me to do this. So that's why, um, you know, perfectly today, the environment and entrepreneurial connected with wellness and yoga. And for me, you know, inspiration and meditation comes when I do the dishes. I like to do the dishes by hand. It relaxes me. I'm not very good into meditating. That's something I don't do. So I decided I, I has, obviously I have met a lot of beautiful people along the way that meditate and and said to me, Eric, your way of meditating is doing the dishes. You like it. Uh, your way of meditating is organizing the cushion in the sofas, you know, because I, I don't know how to sit down. And I, and, but I don't talk to anybody. I'm on my own at home. And I, when I need time, and I can't talk, you know, I don't talk, but I, I start moving things around. I move furniture and I move cushions. And some people meditate like that. And that's the way I am, you know? Yeah. So I think... Um, I learned that a long time ago that you mixing generations is something very beautiful on a business. And that's what happened with me. I learned from my parents, you know, she, as I said on that, that question, uh, yeah, she just decided to call people and sell tamales on the phone. I mean, you can do this now. You can have people phone and details on this is MailChimp, right? Or Uber Eats, you know, she just called. And my dad, who couldn't really, he wasn't very well after his accident. So he had an automatic car so he could drive the food after he was a, you know, incredible, you know, guy, a general manager of this, an administrator in a bank. And then he was have a really amazing position in the government. And then after he was just Uber driving, Uber Eats, which is very common today. And I, what, what I really learned from this is I went there with her, with the food, and I learned to don't be shy, you know, knock at the door, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I love Jehovah Witness, you know, like how they just, they knock at the door. I think that's a good marketing, you know, <laughs> it's like you, today, you know, people goes and, and anything you want to pursue and you want to, uh, you know, people to know is amazing. So they're good salespeople at the end of the day. I think they're great. You know, I, uh, I find myself, I love, you know, I have, that's the way I like to study the Bible and I go, wow, so many ways to study the Bible. You know, sometimes you want to feel spiritual and what do you do? Okay. You know, you have to find your ways and there's in the internet, there's in the computer. And then one day you have a really beautiful, beauty Buddhist inspiration, you know, in Australia, the cultures and so many religions, but I feel so connected, you know, when you see someone pursuing a spirituality or business in a sales world. So you are there, even for girls that are single, how you find a boyfriend Well, you need to sell yourself, go out there, be beautiful, try your very best, you know, in, in do yourself with a tiny makeup. If you're a very natural woman, just 
a little bit of effort, it shows and magnetizes others, you know? So you need to, if you are a natural happy person, why you don't smile when you are there when guys are looking at your face, you know? And now it's hard with a mask. So you imagine if it, it, this COVID has teached us to, to show energy and emotions with the body covering our face. So you're not showing your smile and people can see in your eyes that you're happy or you're sad. So I think um, uh, body language and all these things are really amazing to use these days. And it's something that anybody who has a talent, they just need to be out there and sell it and talk about it and, and be proud and of who you like and what you want to do. No, I completely agree with you. I feel like knowing, just following your passions. And I feel like that's exactly what you did is just step by step. Like you knew that you really liked healing people and you had seen your parents and your grandparents be really interested in science and your grandparents having the, working in the lab. And so then you go to college and you're like, I want to be a doctor. Then you thought that maybe it was a little bit too long. I mean, I could never go to medical school. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that, I actually... You know, I wanted to be a doctor because I because my grandpas they were medicine people, but I wanted because I wanted to mix. I wanted to show the world. I, I wanted to understand anatomy and I, I learned it. I love anatomy and I love biology. I always love those science, biology, science, natural science is my first my best. I was never into maths. <laughs> but still I struggle now. My husband is the one who gives the makes the kids in math athletics, they're driving me crazy. But anyway, basic stuff, I, I'm good at. I'm very logical, which is very maths, maths as well. But I, in those days, I, I like to pursue science. And, and when I try to be a doctor, I say, oh, I'm going to be 10 years to be a doctor. I, I, know, I said, no, I need something else connected to biology and the body. So I parked the car outside orthodontist, um, dentist, because the, the University of Mexico is very big, you know, some of the, like the University of Mexico City is the size of New Zealand in population, is like huge, wow. and our country is very big, we have 130 million Mexicans, like in the US, you guys have over 300 million, Australia is 25 million, so, you know, it's good sometimes to know the size of the country, now when we talk about COVID and unfortunately, if you're wearing another mask, it's a big job, you know, to do this, and some countries are very big, you know, you can I, I listened to a story the other day in, uh, about some guy was saying that why the Indian prime minister didn't follow what Jacinta did in New Zealand because she did a great job. And I said, well, it's not the same 2 million as 2 billion, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they have no space to keep distance. <laughs> it's very hard. So I was just thinking myself, because I'm a leader now, so I'm not really that judgmental now with leaders. I change a lot since I'm a leader myself. I think, um, I think any leader in the world, either political or no, I think it needs a bit of support from their followers because uh, if, if the individuals don't do changes themselves, you know, there, there's, not, there's, there's really not a, a, a community change. There's really, you can't change that, you know, it, it really, so I think when people are trying to have a better world, when you feel the heat, you know, right now in a lot of places in, in the US, in Mexico, they're 50 degrees, it's crazy heat. It's, you know, we just had the fires in Australia before COVID. Australia's been hit hard by, by the fires the last November, December, January, February. We had, it was something that people really want the world to change. I have to change myself. I need to, I need to cut the toothpaste tube and open it and toast it in the right bin. I need to throw away the bottle of Coke without the lid and without the plastic. And why are we transporting water for God's sake? Why am I drinking water? why I don't have the energy to get water from the tap and, and you know, put it on a filter or, or, or boil it. Like, this is what it, it frustrates me that individuals will be more stronger if their leaders, even if they're passionate about money and they want to look at money first, at the end of the day, they live in the same place as us. You know, all of us, we live on the same earth. There's no planet B. So I find it very interesting, you know, the leaders of beauty companies or any company, how... Taking decisions for me on my business is not hard because I'm small and, I, and it's hard because it costs a lot of money and I'm struggling financially, Kali, at the moment because we, we have an incredible brand and it's huge and it's at my level of clean beauty brand. I started 18 years ago, probably one of the first one in the market. And I look at it today, we should be everywhere now, you know, because we, but it wasn't like that because money is not what driven us. So sometimes I could stay the way I am and keep selling my things the way they are. And it's easy than change. 
but then then i'm not then the people who follows my brand i'm not following my beliefs so that's probably why we're not millionaires jay you know because it's not it's not what i'm looking for i like my life i have a great life and i i can't complain you know we have a beautiful life but i do you know i have to clean my house and don't have a cleaner every day i i don't you know, like some of my cousins in Mexico, I say, you have time to do your recycling. You're going to clean up in you. <laughs> so sometimes you feel like I, you know, I have time and I need to help my kids and, and they need to, like yesterday was a rainy Sunday. They declad their clothes. So they need to say the piles, you know, a bit of Marie Kondo here. Come on, let's do some Marie Kondo. I say to them, let's just separate what I love, what I don't love, what I give to my sister. And they have to do it. So they learn and it's fun. And we have music on and we do this. And that's just trying to teach them that you just, I, I, you don't tell me you need more clothes. Let's look into your closet and show what you have. Give to, and, and the sister's like, oh, I love the jumper. Can you give it to me, Mara, the older sister? Do, oh, and now she's got like a new jumper from a sister, you know? So this is, I just help a little bit to have, not to buy an extra polyester jumper, you know, that is, is not going to be biodegradable, you know? So what do I do is I do one step at a time myself in the way I eat, the way I live. In any way, if I cannot live without my gray hair, I need to dye my hair because that makes me happier, even if it's a toxic or whatever. That's okay. You know, do your hair. If, you, if Botox makes you very happy, that's okay. If you need that for confidence, do whatever makes you happy. But it is, you know, it is not cruelty-free. You need to test an animal's Botox because it is a medicine. It wasn't built for that. It's to help people, you know? It is, you know, you know it's, it's like when people changes their noses or their boobs, like that was an amazing science to help people who, was, who had burns on the face, who have deformations on the face when they were born. And now we use it for beauty, okay. You know, do whatever you have to do. But at the same time, do, it's like an audit. That's what carbon neutral is about. You have to audit yourself. So if we're making a birthday party and you have a lot of rubbish, well, maybe you plant a tree the next day with your daughter in her birthday. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to do? This is what I'm saying. Like people have to do their own audit at home. Okay, I like to do a lot of surgery. I like to be blonde, even if I go black hair and I'm a Latina girl who wants to be blonde. I don't know why they want to do that. But it's funny. In Mexico, we sell a lot of latte, the color of foundation, the lightest. And then in the UK, we sell a lot of the, the, the caramel and like the lattes. And I don't understand. People that is like, they want to be dark. And people that is like, want to be like, And I'm like, okay. It's strange. And even now that we're launching dark shades, the, the dark girls, they actually buy light shades because they want to do these new looks of light triangles under the eyes. And I said, well, they're not actually buying the very deep ebony shades, you know? So it is, so it's hard for me. So, you know, places like Sephora, they had so many shades from all these brands. It's a struggling for them because not it's like everybody buys so many foundations because it's COVID. People is not testing. They buy online and it's difficult to choose. And if you can't find the right shade, then you just put out from the brand and the brand make an effort in making extra, extra garbage because you make so many shades to be inclusive, which is good to be inclusive. I love that. I am trying to be inclusive myself. But I'm still small. I cannot make 20 shades. I'm going to stick with 12 or 10 or 8, whatever I can, and try to reach, you know, I always say from, you know, Nicole Kidman to Oprah and DACA, you know, I want to do that with my brand. But it is, I have to make something that in my don't sell and go soft. So in an environmental way, that's very difficult, you know. So I, I want to be. So what I do, I, I inclusive in my business. I have people from everywhere, everybody, you know girls and boys and them people from people that i love to have is because i want to have that business that is it is you know someone has parents i have couples you know some of my strong uh, couple at work they they are marriage you know they together same my husband and i i have sisters-in-law i have friends best friends for ages one my, a beautiful art director she was my flatmate long time ago so you can't work with family you can't work with with friends and it will be fine you know because you know each other so well maybe they know your flaws even better than someone who doesn't know you as a leader so yeah. i think entrepreneurs can do so much but always thinking what's out there is best for the environment i think um, it's very important to think like that you know to, you know, I wanted to do so much and I just wanted to walk away and start working 
because I saw my parents as you do, Kali. Like, I just want to do it. So I said, okay, I studied this. I ended up studying nutrition, which is food and science, obviously, and biology. It's obvious on my range. You know, I have an ingredient, a very simple, basic ingredients in there. I got carrots and beetroots and aloe. And, you know, later on, I might have broccoli. Just basic stuff that is, that is it's ingredient dignity. You know, basic things that are not you know, very uh, fancy, just basic stuff that is not expensive, that is so good for you and it's good for your skin. And this is where I'm from, you know, come from my nutrition side. And then I study a lot of courses, so many therapies, whatever you name it, you tell me I did it. Like your dad probably, that I can't believe it. He did construction and producing. And this is amazing where you come from. I think you could do great things, inspiring people with your business because you got it in you, 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 you live it. And I think are you very young. So I started Airy Press at 29, you know, I arrived in Australia, 28, I arrived in Australia, 23. And the first, as I started moving the product, I was probably 25, but I can say I earned the first money at 28, 29, you know, but because it took time, you know, and in the meantime, I was a waitress and I was a cleaner. And I was, I, I, as I put selling jewelry on market because sales is great. And I could, you know, get better at my English. I could, I could do so much that I was interesting that I think, I think is, um, you know, important to, to just uh, be busy, you know, be busy and, and be, don't stop, just don't sit down in any pace. You Some people is slow than others because they think more about what they want to do. Other people, we just rush it, you know. I just say your mother, she just, you know, she just did it and your dad was dreaming it. And I find myself like that, you know, um, I, I change the cube. I like to turn it around the Rubik cube, you know, look at the colors. And many times I got all the colors right and one is wrong. That's the way I am. My husband takes a long time in getting the cube until it's all perfect, but it takes his time. So this is where the, the, the difficult part comes in the business now for us that he's involved into legislation and finance and things like that. For me, I was a fire and he was a fireman who turned the fire down after, you know, when he, when he saw me that I was into something that he came and got involved with me. And it, it was been very good. But the beginning was me just pursuing something, trying to make my wedge, like many today and it became something that actually give work to others which is something i'm very proud of so yes so that's that's pretty much some of the story we have um i think uh there's there's so much more to say but i think there's a couple of other things you wanted to ask me kali that you have on your interview well i think you've already shared like so much goodness i think i don't know it's so nice to hear about the power of employing different people with a lot of different ages and from different backgrounds and being able to work with people you've really loved like something that really stood out when I in the questionnaire was just how much your team is a family to you and eating every word you're saying because I'm just so you can just feel the passion and I am on the same page with so many things about environmentalism and I think that's the thing that sets Ari Perez apart is that you guys really care about every person you're serving and you care about how your brand affects the whole world and the environment. And so I think that's really special. I did want to ask you, so you are in like a, I know this is kind of jumping forward a little bit, but you're in like on Credo and you're from, you sell on Revolve and I've, you have your products at Free People. And I'm wondering like, when was that kind of like, when were you like, okay, wow, we're really doing well. Like, when was that point for you? I don't think I never say that, actually. I don't think I never say I'm doing well. I think uh, I just didn't even notice. I just, I don't sudden I end up with three kids and a business and people. I just, I wake up every day, you're doing what's to do for the day. I live the day. I don't live. Maybe I should say this. I, some people would not agree with me. I, I don't think you need a plan. I, I think it's so much about plan ahead and, and build your business plan. I don't know. I, I, I cannot say, sorry, that's a normal model. Excuse me, whoever is listening to this that really believes in planning. Um, I, think, uh, I think it's like pay as you go. <laughs> like, I think you play as you go for me. Um, I, it's always been, you know, I had this, like I had, I had sensitive eyes, no? So I wanted to, I was in Australia. I didn't have English. I just needed to make a wedge. And I, I, I always wanted to work with natural therapies, but my degree in Australia was not approved yet. I needed to pass an exam. It took me ages to then the 
TOEFL and this English test, like exactly that was for medicine actually. So it was a pretty hard test. I did it, I passed it, I think just passed it. After, when I tried to be a nutritionist, I had no experience as a nutritionist, even though I have really good marks from Mexico. And I did a research, a really beautiful research for two years, a, 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 a long study in, in pregnant women. It was 200 ladies and we measured even cord blood. I was on the deliveries when the babies arrived. It was amazing. It was about zinc and calcium. It was incredible. And uh, it was the IGF, I remember the growth hormone. It's very interesting. So when I arrived, I actually, my English was not paired to my studies. So I just needed to find a way and I, I, and the wages they were they offered me was less than I could do as a waitress. So I decided, no, no, no. I just, I just wanted to save money because in a year time I needed to go back to Mexico and see my family. I didn't just arrive. I love brought me here, obviously in Australia because my husband was already backpacking before and he ended up here. He's an engineer by career, same. He's just started. His money ran out. Started working. He ended up working in. He did very good himself as well. He just. You know, work in a French bakery, then a Mexican guy who wanted to give him a sponsor and stay in the country. Then we got married, obviously. Then I got my visa like that. Then he worked for American Express and Randstad and many different businesses he grew. And, but same, then he liked entrepreneurial life, you know, because we, being from Mexico, we needed to go to Mexico. And then he's always waiting the holidays when it was the actual week of holiday. So he said, oh, this is really doesn't work. So both of his parents, my parents were there. And at the beginning, before we had kids, we wanted to go every year. We haven't stopped going every year until last year. Even when we didn't have any money, we always always went to Mexico, was never saving to buy a house or anything. We just wanted to go and be with our family there for a month or six weeks, which we did. And until we have kids even more now, because I want them to speak Spanish. So we go, they, my kids have very good Spanish, unless the small one, the youngest, the six-year-old, because he hasn't been in two years there. Even we speak Spanish at home, uh, both of us, we're both from Mexico. He's Juan Perez, you know, so very Mexican name. And that's where the Perez come from because I'm Erendira. My name is Eri, but my, the last name comes from, from my marriage. It's a business of both of us now. And it's, uh, it obviously needs him all the time as, me, as needs me. I find uh, every day, I just wanted to see what was next in that moment. I didn't say, some people ask me, how do you, you know, in an interviews all the time, when do you decide to have a beauty brand? And because this is very of today, people just decide, I want to have a beauty brand. You know, and I want to sell in Sephora. And that's not how I see. I didn't even know Sephora existed. I was never a beauty person. I didn't purchase much makeup. I was a very simple minimalist in my, in my beauty routine always. I put olive oil on my legs, you know, always. It's a very good hint. I mean, sometimes you don't need to buy really a body moisturizer and have more plastic at home. It was very simple, you know, and uh, my parents as well. I, I put tomato on my face as a serum. I, I still do that. Like you just cut the tomato and, and place it around. The pantotenic acid is very good for the skin. Um, I, you know, so many things in my, uh, I mayonnaise on my hair, you know, whatever. Uh, so many things. So, but the mascara, I can't do that. So my face is pretty uh, Latin, you know, very brown, brown eyes, brown hair, brown skin. So... As a Latin woman like JLo and Salma Hayek, you know, they need color and they succeeded with color. Personalities were obviously playful and colorful, but they were all brown. They're not like a beautiful blonde woman with blue eyes and pink skin. They don't need, they were black or white and they're okay. But for Latin women, we need color because we're all brown. So I put some lipstick on and, uh, and always just dab it, a bit of pink, a bit of red on my cheek and lip from my lipstick, like my grandma used to have. That's how the carrot pot was born because that's been a few years, more than 10, 11 of those pots who now are, you know, many brands have this multitasking chicken lip products. I had this for years. I had this product for 10 years or more. Now it's in the ecolution we're doing. Now it's a non-plastic product with glass and aluminum. Uh, but I've been through so many changes and, and I look at the trends today. I say, ah, I had this for ages ago. Oat milk is on trend now. My oat milk foundation is like 12 years old or more. It's so old, yeah. you know? And same as the vanilla, the highlighter. I probably launched at the same time as Benefit with the beautiful highlighters. Mine was in cream, there was in liquid. Mine's still the same, the same formula as years ago, just in different packaging now. 
Uh, so it's been around for a long time. But the mascara, I always, you know, when you go to Disney, everything is just about the lashes. The difference between mini and mini, you know? And Donald Duck and Daisy, it's always the lashes, you know? Shrek and Fiona. And I said, I need my lashes. And, and so I feel quite boring without my lashes. So I need to curl them. So because I curl them because they're long, but very straight, like typical Latin lashes. So you, we always use curlers. We even use the spoon. You can use the spoon and heat it to curl your lashes. So I couldn't live without my lashes. So then Australia was all about the beach and water. And then all these beautiful Aussie girls swimming around with their gorgeous lashes. And I was being with my boring lashes. So I wanted a waterproof mascara. And I'm so on. I couldn't find it because I have sensitive eyes. And, uh, and then whatever I found on the market, it would make me cry. And if it was like a beautiful Maybelline mascara, it never fails, but it wasn't natural. And that was always, it was very always close to my heart. So, all right. So how can I make a Maybelline mascara that is natural? <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> the, you know, Maybelline had an incredible story. Uh, the, the way, you know, I know very well all the history behind the, the beautiful makeup, you know, someone like Lisa Eldridge, who's now uh, empowering uh, girls, teaching so much about makeup history is beautiful. I hope you can watch that on their shows. I think it's with the BBC. She's incredible. She's got now her own makeup range as well. It's a, a beauty range. Um, knowing history, how beauty started, we own everything to, to people and to parabens as well. You know, if the parabens didn't start, we never had beauty as the way it grew because the products needed to to stay, you know, after war, people needed to, to put lipstick on and uh, the woman needed to start working, you know, and with the industrial revolution. So you needed to put some color, go and work, you know, Marilyn Monroe, have fun with all the, the, the soldiers uh, putting lipstick on and the, the soldiers just feel happy and joyful just watching her with her red lips. And makeup has such a big impact on people. Beauty has such a big impact on people. Beauty is so important for us. So I think I find myself when I discovered how good for me was just to have this mascara, I said, I'm going to make it and that's it. And then I was telling my friend, I'm just going to make a mascara that is natural. And maybe I'm going to sell it in the shopping here in Bondi because they open it just then. They're still my clients. It's called the Health Emporium. You can obviously tag all these things I'm saying if you want, because mm-hmm. it's so interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting for your podcast as well. All these different things I've, I've been mentioning, interesting business, interesting people, incredible people who has made a big effect, a big impact. The Health Emporium is a beautiful health store in, in Bondi that they've been around for ages. And they they, they were very visionaries themselves. You know, they have organic eggs and organic meat when nobody was looking for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I, you know, now the millennial baby is, you know, they eat organic, you know, that's due to other parents before, you know, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they're peeling the grapes and whatever, you know, so the kids don't get choked. <laughs> well, before you just get a bunch of grapes on a bowl, but uh, it's just the way life is, you know, is uh it's interesting. And I find when I watch in my pantry, I was staring at my pantry and thinking in my grandma how she storage food for so long in a glass container. And I just say, I, 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 I look, you know, I have this big head computer in 2001, who my neighbor actually gave to me, my beautiful neighbor, Greg, Greg Smith, a very lovely Aussie guy who I learn English from as well. And my friend Kylie Mitchell Smith, she's incredible. She's, she's got her podcast actually, Traveling Senorita. She's really good uh, asking people about a different journey. She's Australian, a beautiful woman. And I, she, she was actually being uh, herself in Jurlika, remember, in that beautiful brand who has skincare then. She was doing a sales rep around. And I said, how amazing. So you can sell beauty in different places. So I just connect things from everybody I knew. You know, I connected them. And then I look at my honey. I said, well, honey doesn't go off. Olive oil doesn't go off. Can we just put honey and olive oil and put black on something and make a black mascara doesn't go off and it's just it must be that is no water in it if you have no water you don't need to preserve it right and that's how it happened so i just i i i look you know and i end up finding this beautiful lab in mexico with a guy juan miranda amazing and he uh is a very good formulator and he's like hey, can you help me to make this product and he he, he thought I was funny and he's like okay I, I, they, they have a big business I was nobody and he said yeah let's try but he's like yeah because they cannot make natural products. they were not natural they have parabens they have mineral oils they have petroleum but they did use you know almonds or avocado things like that so then I said let's make anyway so 
as, as many tests, we end up, and she's like, yeah, we did it. We created a natural formula with no parabens and no petroleum. And then we just fill it in a very dodgy looking bottle that was funny looking. And I sold, I, I bought, I remember I produced 2,000 of them. And, or 1,000, 2,000. No, I had $2,000. I remember I produced maybe 500 or less. I don't remember of these products. And then I just made a box with a dozen and I started selling them, started with a health store in Bondi one by one and then I remember my mother with her phone calls and the tamales so I start calling everybody you know so I start looking in the still in the pages actually there was already director online I remember directory just like there was a yellow pages online I remember so I look at the phone numbers from the pharmacies and the health stores close to me in Bondi and then in Sydney in different suburbs then I fly to Brisbane then I flew to I flew sorry to Melbourne and like that I opened like in, in less than two years 50 little stores who just have my dozen of black mascaras who I used to call and do you need more yes I and they had them in the counter next to granola bars and fresh eggs and like that you know just health stores was the market for me there were no beauty no beauty, clean beauty places and then like Credo Today or Detox Market. That's very new, you know, they're very, you know, um, for Lane and all these great stores. For Lane had a great store. Now they're online, you know, they don't have a store anymore. COVID, it was hard on business, but they, I, I love it now. They, for Lane has their own brand, the beautiful skincare as well. I love it. You know, we can now have for Lane skincare and Eddie Perez makeup. <laughs> I do, you know, my skincare is very minimal, very basic, but I love there's so many gorgeous brands out there. Uh, Credo had their own foundations, EXA, they're amazing. You know, Credo is beautiful foundations. They are, uh, because they're making a lot of, you know, shades being inclusive, which is something I do the minimal I can, uh, still trying to fit everybody. Uh, it's same as Credo, just tell us that they want us to be 20, plastic free by 2023 and it's challenging. You know, their own foundations have plastic on the lids and they have a pump. So I think they know now how challenging it is. And this is how I feel with myself, you know. Everybody is, is what's next is very challenging. And more when you feel the heat, Kali. You feel the heat and, you know, are people buying makeup in five years time? You know, <laughs> is, we're melting here. So I, I need to be, I'm very visionary. So when you ask me how I feel if I am in these stores, you know, we have, you know, we got beautiful stores like Douglas as well in, 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 the, in Europe and, and um, Celando in Finland. So many beautiful stores, Mecca in Australia, Maya, so many beautiful stores that we in and, and the beauty stores that they are, everyone is struggling in a way because we all want to pursue the best for the world. And that's for everybody. And I bet, you know, governments are doing the same, but it's very hard. It's not so transparent to watch is very hard and to be very very honest we talk about it and people whinge so much about leaders but it's all ourselves we decide what to buy we decide when to turn on the light and turn it off we decide if we require an extra thing and an extra top in the same good price for another color we decide we decide if we buy if we just do you know Midless Monday, or you know, uh, you you have to do something about it, or just have protein the size of your hand. That's all what we should be eating. That's all. If it's chicken or egg or fish or whatever, like if everybody does it, that's it. We can't expect anybody, you know. Trump and now who's going to have this answer? Nobody. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I know they can do a big change, but it's not just themselves. We can't wait them to do the change. They we can't wait whenever they decide to do it, you know? Greenpeace is, is, is asking, you know, please, the plastic is so strong in the ocean. The animals, we, cannot, we won't have air to breathe so, in so soon. So, okay, so I tell you, Kali, I have beautiful eco brushes and they're vegan because they have no animal hair, right? Yeah. Which is actually, animal hair is something that it can be easily going to the land. So to be vegan, I need to have nylon bristles. And nylon bristles are plastic. Yeah. So they are not plastic free. So you tell me how, how are we gonna do this? So you know what? So then I'm not gonna use brushes anymore and I'm gonna use my fingers. You yeah. see how challenging it is? So when people is, is really struggling to understand where we're going and, and always blaming it. So you wake up and you have your, whatever meal and you keep buying mothers out there all the little plastic 
uh, snacks for the kids and the baby food on the pouches. Like, why would you do that? If a banana is just right there with no packaging, why would you buy a plastic pouch because it's organic and, it, and it's cruelty-free plastic pouch, you know? And it's everything and it's vegan because all the symbols now make no sense. You know, I make no sense. No. I make no sense. I've been 18 years. Try what I do with a mascara, Kali. You tell me. A mascara goes, and I try. You know, goes in a black, 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 super dirty looking product that goes inside a plastic bottle with a wand. How can I make this eco? So then I'm working on it, and then if I'll do it, my sales will drop because maybe the consumer is not ready. Otherwise, you know that beautiful brand. She did refillable. I wanted to do refillable for ages. I have refillable for ages. People don't understand it. That's what I don't even promote it. Now I'm promoting it. But we've been refillable for ages. Otherwise, you know, we don't. We have refillables. She needed to launch other things for the brand because people don't buy. How come people is going to come back to get the refillables if they don't even carry the bags to get the shop? You know, they don't go even with the bags to get to refill. So you don't need bags, Kali. You just go, if you're driving, you go with your car and you buy, put everything on the trolley and put all the food in the trolley in the boot of your car and go home and do exercise carrying it back instead of one hour of Pilates. Just get all your shopping back into the house. If you have kids, my kids go with me shopping so they can choose vegetables, fruit, and they all carry food. If you buy too much groceries, they go off. They're obviously not natural. And that's why you need bags to carry them. So it's very simple. Why a grandma didn't use bags? Because they just buy everyday simple things. Yeah. You know, just the basics every day that is fresh. It's very simple. Going minimal is stop needing things and we can still create an economy out of that. I can still be a beauty brand with minimal things that sell better. Everybody be okay. Everybody be okay. But to do that, I, you know, I need people like people who follow Sari Press, I come to the office and I see a couple of keep cups. You know, there is this campaign in Australia. Excuse my language. It's called here in Bondi, Fuck the Keep Cup <laughs> by Sarah Wilson. She's amazing. She's another writer, Sarah Wilson. And she, you know, is, is incredible. And she, she has a podcast as well. And, and she, yeah, fuck the Keep Cup. I'm not using that in my language, because that's not in my tone of voice, but we got it very clear with my, with my team. That's not a word I use. And obviously as English is not my first language, I swear differently, <laughs> but I don't really do that often. That wasn't much in my family. But when I look at the campaign, I say, well, it's true. Like after COVID, we enjoy a cup of coffee at home. So I tell my, 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 you know, my team at work last week on a meeting we have, I said, look guys, next week, one week, no keep cups, stay at the coffee shop and relax having your coffee and have tea and water at the office. It's very simple, you know? And then when you have a coffee break, really have a break, walk away from the computer and have a break. Mm -hmm. it, why do we need to walk with a coffee and you finish in probably less than four minutes? This shouldn't even be allowed. Yeah. Because it is extra rubbish. Oh, you're you know, so it's, it's so simple. Yeah. It is. It's so simple when you think about it, but we definitely, we just try to complicate it and market things. And I think, but that's something really amazing about your company is that you are growing sustainably. I think like maybe you don't, didn't make a million dollars in like, didn't become a millionaire in the, your first five years. But I think that, I don't know, I see something so special about your brand. And I think that that you're just growing slowly and giving your employees breaks during the day so that they can work better. Like they, instead of being burnt out at five o'clock there, they had a nice little break. But I, I don't know. I'm really excited to see, to keep following along. And I really thank you for talking. I mean, I just feel like you're like a mentor to me that I look up to with this brand you've created. So it was really an honor for you to take this time out of your day and I'm just excited to share for all of our listeners out there um, that you got to learn a little bit from Ari. Uh, thank you so much, Kali. I, honestly, it's, a, it's such a, I just think an entrepreneur who's listening, just think about always what's, how to start. It doesn't need anything. You just need to want something, you know, you really need to give. And always think if you're starting a product or a service, think about today, the, 
the consumer today, the post-pandemic, or some people still in pandemia, like we all still, I guess, but the, the, the post-2020, I think the consumer is very, very in need of love, you know? The Beatles say it 50 years ago, all you need is love. People need love. So you need to, how to give love with a product? It needs to be joyful and simple and basic and don't take too much of your time, which is a precious resource and, and create, you know, beautiful, clean and very uh, straightforward marketing that helps the business. And it's always about giving. I think if it's about giving, you will receive. I think uh, if you can plan, it's great. But today's environment changes so rapidly that, I, as I said, you know, I, 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 I just, you know, R&D takes a long time, Kali. It takes you two years. It's like a pregnancy of an elephant. And, and people don't understand. To, to launch a product out there, we started a product two years ago with a PCR plastic, which is post-consumer material. That's plastic. But when I started it, that was the right decision. Now I'm going to launch it. I already did the test in plastic and, and I should do it in a different material. And then they're like, you can't keep up as fast as it goes, you know, because this is refillable. Okay, it is refillable. But now I don't want to do plastics, you know. There's this new brand, Humankind, uh, by uh, Far, you know, um, is amazing. This you know, incredible art, artist that everybody loves. My kids always singing because I'm happy. You know, they love it. And now he's got his skincare, mm. and it is. He's he's offering a, a refillable solution. You know, yeah. And it is. You know, why? What can you do? It is plastic on plastic, but he's offering a solution. But what I'm saying, if the consumer is not educated, we are making more rubbish from such a beautiful idea. And and when he's trying to do helping others, so it is very confusing. So I think. For, for now, whatever gets made, it really is better to do the one very good thing than a big thing, you know? So I'm going minimal with my brand. I'm going less is more. I'm going give more love. I always been like that, but now even stronger than ever, giving advice to people who are starting. And remember, you don't need anything to start. You just need to believe in yourself. As you know, that's everything in every t-shirt around Target and Kmart and everything. But people don't really get it. What it is believing in yourself. Is, is very basic. My kids always, get, friends give them this kind of things. And I was like, believe in yourself. It's just trusting your own, you know, your own, your own environment and whatever it is. There. It's not yours. Like, yeah, it's me moving and changing the blue sky to pink. It's not. Believing in yourself, it's just believing in your energy. It's just waking up and do, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And it's only for you because it's for your community. And that's believing in yourself, you know, just moving. Life is movement. That my grandpa used to say that. And whoever is not moving is probably going to stay there, you know, and it's going to be passed by. And you're just going to feel the heat, you know. So we can't stay still. We need to move. And we need to move this world rapidly. This decade, Kali, is, is, is a turning point. We need to do it. We need to do it. We need to change it because if not, we, there's no planet B. And this body we have is the only home we have for Cali for every to live. So we need to look after it. So if whoever is listening, look after your body in any way you can, you know, indulge, obviously, because indulgence is important. But in general, you know, just believe in the good food in nature as we have in this incredible podcast all the way from Australia to Virginia, from Sydney to Virginia. It is technology that humankind invented it. So why we can't believe in incredible nature, you know, in, you know, we, we've been built, you know, this world has a creator and it was made to, to stay here forever, you know, in this earth. And we just need to, to, to believe in it and be happy and, and just, you know, be joyful and enjoy caring of it and care about this earth the way she has cared of us all these years. Yeah, no, uh, I love everything that you've been saying this whole episode, but I think that all of that is so important for any entrepreneur out there to be hearing. So I'm so happy you were able to come on and share all of your wisdom from this past almost 20 years of business owning. But I hope you have a good rest of your Monday. I'm going to be going to sleep soon, but you have a whole beautiful day ahead of you and I hope it's great. And thanks for everyone listening. Thank you, Kali. Love and light. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unstrictly Business. Want to learn more about how you can create a successful business of your own? Visit our website, dowelldepartment.com. Dowell, D-E-P-T.com. See you next week.